Thanks, Bo. Thank you, Bo. Love you, man. Bo took all of my good jokes earlier. He already said my pleasure, and he already referenced golden nuggets. So Chick-fil-A, we serve golden nuggets. So it really is a pleasure for me to be here today with you all at the Great Greatness Conference. Let's do a, a quick informal poll here, see how great you all are. Raise your hand if you've ever eaten at a Chick-fil-A. That's your, everybody's hand raised? Okay, good. We had one, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. We actually had one girl we hired a couple weeks ago who had never eaten at a Chick-fil-A. Now, put your hand down, keep your hand up, let's say this, if you've eaten at a Chick-fil-A during the month of February. Oh, I love you guys, great. How about this, if you've eaten at a Chick-fil-A this week? It's amazing. These people are great. Let's give these people a round of applause right here. Thank you. Seriously, you helped me feed my five boys. If I didn't own a restaurant, I could not feed five boys. But my hope is that for all of you that have eaten at a Chick-fil-A restaurant, that when you leave there, you would think there's just something different about this place. There's just something different about this place. One of my favorite things as a Chick-fil-A operator is getting to hear stories of guests that visit our restaurants. And my favorite story ever, I was at University of Toledo doing some recruiting a couple of years back at one of their job fairs, and this professor walks up to me, and she goes, oh my gosh, are you Chick-fil-A? I love Chick-fil-A. I'm like, oh, that's great. I love that you love Chick-fil-A. Tell me, why do you love Chick-fil-A? And then she tells me this story. She says, she says my best friend was in a hospital in Cleveland facing the last days of a battle with cancer. And her favorite restaurant, her friend's favorite restaurant, was Chick-fil-A. And so this professor goes into a Chick-fil-A here in town. Unfortunately, it wasn't one of my Chick-fil-A's, though the same thing would have happened at one of our Chick-fil-A's. Right, Caleb? Yes. Um, so she walks into Chick-fil-A here in town, and she buys a gift card. She's buying a gift card so she can send to this friend's family in the hospital room so they can have a Chick-fil-A meal on them. So she walks in, she buys the gift card, and she's telling the manager the story of why she's buying the gift card for her friend in Cleveland. And then she leaves, and, and what the manager at that Chick-fil-A did next was incredible. He got on the phone, he called the closest Chick-fil-A in Cleveland to the hospital where they were staying, and that Chick-fil-A in Cleveland got together a group of Chick-fil-A team members. They got together a catered meal, they blew up balloons, they got someone in the cow costume, and they went to the ladies' room in the hospital, and they threw her a party. And then with literally tears in her eyes, the professor looks at me and she goes, that was one of the last happy moments that my friend had on earth. I love that story because it just says there's something different about Chick-fil-A. So what's the difference? Well, Chick-fil-A, we are laser-like focused on one idea, one concept, one mission, one word. And the word is this. The word is care. At Chick-fil-A, we are obsessed with care. You think about some other companies. Disney, they want to corner the market on magic. Y'all heard of that, right? Magic. Coke, they want to corner the market on happiness. Amazon wants to corner the market on convenience. At Chick-fil-A, we want to corner the market on care. In fact, we're so obsessed with this idea of care that it's become our very mission as an organization our mission at Chick-fil-A, it's, it's big, hairy, it's audacious. We say we want to be the world's most caring company. And how are we going to do it? We're going to do it by winning hearts every day. That starts first as leaders with winning the hearts of our team, 
so that they can in turn turn around and win the hearts of our guests. Or as we like to say in our, in our businesses, cared for people care for people. So this mission for us at Chick-fil-A, it's fairly new. It's, it's only been a couple years. But this whole idea of concept, of care, of servant leadership, of, of taking great care of people, it's not new to our organization. It really can all be traced back to the life and legacy of our founder. Now, for free Chick-fil-A for a week, I have the coupons up here. I can get them to you afterwards. But for free Chick-fil-A for a week, if you work there, you can't answer this. But does anyone happen to know who founded Chick-fil-A? Who was that? You said it. Okay. Afterwards, I'll see you at the break. I'll give you free Chick-fil-A for a week. Yes, Truett Cathy founded Chick-fil-A. You go ahead and throw his picture up there. This is my favorite picture of Truett Cathy. So Jesus walked on water, but Truett Cathy made the chicken sandwich levitate. Because sometimes at Chick-fil-A, we confuse the two. But he was an amazing man. He was an amazing leader. He founded the first Chick-fil-A in 1967 and then proceeded to lead the company for the next 46 years until he was 90 years old. And this man oozed care. I'm going to show you a two-minute video here. It's going to give you a little more background about who he was as a person. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Proverbs 22, 1. S. Truett Cathy, a larger-than-life character who flourished from despair and lived his life to inspire and enable others to do the same. He was the embodiment of humility and patience, service and grace. A good name indeed. Born during the Depression, Truett learned the value of hard work and customer service at a very young age. He was a true entrepreneur, not just a business owner. Today, his ideas, ideals, and legacy live on through his cherished family, friends, and business. He was the inventor of the chicken sandwich, but known for so much more. Truett gave millions of dollars to allow students to attend college and campers to experience the summer of a lifetime. He established dozens of foster homes and countless philanthropies. He was a remarkable man, husband, father, grandfather, great-grandfather, and friend. Today, we celebrate the life and legacy of Truett Cathy. Thank you, Truett. It's been my pleasure. He is amazing. I mean, hopefully you can see from the video, he was just a great, great servant leader. Did so many great things for people, for our organization. Perhaps the greatest thing he ever did, he came up with our corporate purpose. You see it up there, it says this. Truett came up with this in the early 80s. He said, we exist at Chick-fil-A to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us and to have a positive impact on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. Now, there's a couple things I like about this purpose. First of all, what's it say about chicken and waffle fries? Nothing, right? Nothing about Chick-fil-A sauce. It's all about who we want to be as a company. But what I love about this purpose is that Truett Cathy, as our leader, he lived this out and embodied it 
every single day at his 46 years at the helm of Chick-fil-A. A few ways he did that. First of all, glorify God. What day are we closed? Sunday. What day do you all want Chick-fil-A? <laughs> Sunday. That's right. See, it was a smart decision. Oh, I know, because I have the video of all of you that drive by on Sunday and stop at the speaker box. Um, But yeah, a lot of people thought it was a really dumb business decision to close on Sunday. But Truett would always say it was the best decision I ever made. Because from the get-go, I said, we're going to be a company that puts faith over finances, that puts people over profits. Another way he glorified God I got the opportunity to meet him at the tail end of his career. I had just become an operator. And uh, my first restaurant, like Bo referenced, was the one here in the Franklin Park Mall in town. And our home office is in Atlanta. And tradition is, once you get selected to become an operator, you get to go meet Truett in his office. So I'm 30 years old. I'd just gotten selected to be a Chick-fil-A operator. And they usher me into Truett's office. And it's this big corner office. And I walk in, and Truett looks exactly like he did at the end of that video, just this cute old guy. But I'm super nervous because he's the leader of this $10 billion company. He's the godfather of Chick-fil-A. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say to Truett. I don't know what we're going to talk about. And I walk in, and he says, Justin, sit down. And I sit down. And on his desk, he had a stack of these rulers. So you probably can't see it. But I sat down, and he said, Justin, pick up a ruler. So I picked up a ruler. It says, a good rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. For the next 20 minutes, Truett Cathy gave me all of his business advice. And it was this, Justin, this is how I have built my business. I've treated human beings like they're human beings. I've treated people like they are dripping with dignity because they are made in the image of God. So as you go to Toledo and start this Chick-fil-A, there's going to be a lot to focus on. Chicken, all this stuff. Remember, do not forget. Treat people like people. Do unto them as you would have them do unto you. As leaders, I think we so often fall into the trap that if we want to, we think that if we want to create a great culture, a great organization, we got to give a, a bunch of perks. We have to be this big charismatic person, and we got to give great benefits and throw pizza parties and have snack bars. What I've learned in leading people is this, that perks, yeah, they have a place, but they so often become entitlements, don't they? And an entitled culture will never be a great culture. Great cultures treat people like they're dripping with dignity because they were made in the image of God. And that is what Truett Cathy taught us. And that is why you're so good at business, but it's not rocket science, is it? It's just ancient wisdom. So this focus on care, it's led to a lot of success for us over the years. You can go to the next slide. I mean, these are some of the headlines from the past few years, and you'll see some of them are from Fox. So hopefully you guys don't think that's fake news. It is not fake news that Chick-fil-A is ranked first in customer satisfaction. You see that on the bottom. Oh, go back to that slide. First in customer satisfaction, top left, named America's favorite restaurant for the fourth year running. Bottom right, uh, Chick-fil-A is now the third largest restaurant chain in America. McDonald's and Starbucks should be terrified. I love that. I love that. Okay, next slide. 
This is my favorite slide in the whole thing. Last year, the average Chick-fil-A did about $6.2 million in sales. Our closest competitor is McDonald's. Average McDonald's at about two and a half. More than double them. They're open on Sunday. A lot of them are open 24 hours. Does care work? It does work, yes. Next slide, please. Business Insider did a study. America's favorite fast food restaurant by state. The clear winner is Chick-fil-A. I don't know who has McDonald's as their favorite, but my five sons, it's their mission to eradicate McDonald's from the face of the earth. Every time, every time we drive by on Central, they say stuff like, Dad, let's throw flaming fireballs at McDonald's and blow them up. I'm like, great. You raise a child up. What's the, what's the verse, Stephen? Raise a child up or something? There we go. Yes. Yes. So next slide, please. And then locally, this has been our business, my business, the past few years. So this is our sales growth. So you can see 2017, we're up 49%, then 31%, 2019, 25%, and then 2020 started off tremendous, up 34% in January. Keep in mind with these numbers, the industry average for growth for a quick service is 2 to 4% a year. 4% is a really good year. God has blessed Chick-fil-A. Um, so January 2020, 34%. February 2020, 24%. We're starting to kill it in 2020, and then what happens? Next slide. You good? Mike Tyson, greatest servant leader of all time. Everybody's got a plan till you get punched in the face. So my punch in the face happened. Same time y'all has happened. March 15th. 2020, I'm taking a nap, Sunday afternoon, the one nap I get a week, and my wife busts open our bedroom door. Justin, he's shutting them down, he's shutting them down. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? She's like, DeWine, he's shutting restaurants down. And I'm like, what? It's not funny, it would hurt. Um... And as I realized what she was saying, probably like a lot of you, I was overcome with fear, anxiety, wondering if this thing we've spent 10 years building is about to collapse. What's going to happen to the 200 team members we have and their families? What's going to happen to our customers and their families? Everything is about to change. You can go to the next slide. Oh, we missed one somewhere. Oh, sorry. Go back to that other one. So you can see for us, March, we ended up down 3%. Things kept getting worse. Sales kept dropping. Ended up being down 15% in April, which doesn't sound that bad. But if you think we're up 30%, you're actually down about 50%. So business is going way down because our dining room closed, right? And that was about 30% of our business was in the dining room. So we knew we had to change something if we can't open half of our restaurant, we had to change about everything. So we spent a lot of March going through a lot of changes. Then you see what happened in April. Back up 24% over the previous year. May, 31%. Or sorry, April, 24%. May, 31% over the previous year. Made a ton of changes and saw the fruit of those. Uh, this is... Probably my favorite slide. So you can see pre-COVID in our drive-through, we did about $1,900 in sales on average in an hour. Once COVID happened and we made all those changes, it went up to $2,900 an hour. 
These are numbers I never thought were possible. Before COVID, we averaged 170 cars per hour peak. After COVID, with the changes we made, 204 cars. And you can see, I really thought this was never, ever possible. We used to peak out at like 2,600 an hour. Post-COVID, 4,400 in an hour. So taking all that business we once had and trying to funnel it all through the drive-through, and we made it happen, and we made the changes. You can go to the next slide. So I want to share with you briefly three principles of change that helped us kind of transition our business from very heavy dine-in and carry-out to drive-through only. So one thing we hear about change often is what? People hate change, right? Well, I don't think people necessarily hate change. I think they hate the way that we try to make them change. Right? I mean, shows like Biggest Loser, people don't hate change. All these rehab shows that my wife loves to watch on these houses, people love change. They just hate the way we try to make them change. So here's some things that were helpful for us in transitioning our business. First of all, we want to tie all change back to mission. It is so easy to get focused on the what of change that we forget the why of change. For us, there was a ton of what. Overnight, we had to change 14 things. Wear masks, wear gloves, hand food out in like these plastic bins because we can't touch a customer. Sanitize everything every 30 minutes. Everybody wash your hand hands every 30 minutes, just tons of changes we had to make. And in that change, it's so easy to lose focus on why we are changing. So as leaders, that is our job to keep that mission before them. Why are we changing? So for us, if we say we want to be America's most caring company or the world's most caring company, we need to say the world's most caring company is the world's safest company. A caring company is a safe company. You can go to the next slide. So I can't think of a better illustration than this, than this guy named Chuck. If you guys have ever eaten at Chick-fil-A at airport, you've probably seen Chuck. He was affectionately known as Chuck-fil-A. So he was our dining room host. Worked there eight hours a day, and he loved, he was so behind this mission of being the world's most caring company. He loved taking care of our guests in the dining room. You would often find him praying for them when he was in the dining room. And then COVID happened, and that was taken away from him. His job was literally taken away because we weren't open. And so Chuck decided to take a leave of absence because there was no what for him anymore. So a few weeks later, we call Chuck back up, and I say, hey, Chuck, what do you think about this? What do you think about you translate your care for customers into the care for the team? And you become Chuck, the COVID killer. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I really like that. That's great. So he comes in, and now Chuck spends his time. You can see him. This is Chuck, the COVID killer. He spends all of his time walking around the restaurant, sanitizing things, making sure all employees are washing their hands. Every half hour, every hour, you hear him say, it's time to wash hands. So Chuck has kept us safe, and he has found purpose in that, because even though the what had changed, the mission had not. The why had not. So tile change back to mission. That's been helpful for us. Number two, allow your team to create the change. So often, I mean, I've been guilty of this certainly as a leader, and I've felt this as a, uh, someone who wasn't leading, but so often our people are victims of change, right, rather than agents of change. They're casualties of the change that we try and put upon them rather than owners of the change. So for us, so many of the changes that happened in drive-through to get more people through, I could not have come up with. 
I mean, they were invented by high school students who were the ones actually working the line, and it felt like they had the freedom to make the suggestions. One of my favorite is a young man named Aiden. If you've come through Chick-fil-A drive-thru, you know we have iPads out there. And then when we tend to your transaction, we have a receipt printer. There's a Bluetooth connection there between the iPad and the receipt printer. And so you hit tender, and then a receipt automatically prints out. And that receipt, it's a little bit of a lag. It takes like three to four seconds for that receipt to print. And so Aiden had this idea. He said, what if we toggle Bluetooth off and then ask everyone if they want a receipt, and we only toggle it on for people that want a receipt? So what you find is that only about 20% of people actually want a receipt. That takes three to four seconds per car to print that receipt. Do you know what the difference in time is between 170 cars in an hour and 204 cars in an hour? It's 3.6 seconds per car. Aiden was an agent of the change. He was not a victim of the change. So allow your people to be agents of the change. And three, things will get worse before they get better. Stay the course. Oh my goodness, this is so true. Things will get worse. So we were known for fast speed. We were known for accurate service. And man, as soon as you take all that business that was once in the dining room and try and funnel it all through the drive-thru, things got bad. Ticket times went way up. Order accuracy went out the window. And some days it's still out the window, right? <laughs> but it's something we're working on, but you got to stay the course. Sometimes it feels like it's so easy to throw in the towel and trying to make a big change, but staying the course matters. Dan Cathy, our CEO, he has a quote I love. He say, change happens with gentle pressure relentlessly applied. Change happens with gentle pressure relentlessly applied. Stay the course. You go to the next slide. Uh, that's hard to see. You can just keep going. Okay, so we've been successful through COVID, but I don't want you to think it's all peaches and cream in the Chick-fil-A world. Um, it's not. It's certainly been the most difficult time of my leadership journey. I've always loved my job, loved it, can't believe I get to do it. I've never come home thinking, I might want to quit. But that's been this past year. It's just been hard. At one point at Airport Highway, we had almost 20 people that were quarantined for two weeks for COVID. So we fortunately didn't have to shut down our business, but we had to drastically limit our hours, had to shut down to seven hours a week. And then the folks that here that work at Chick-fil-A can tell you, we wake up every day and we have no idea what hand we're going to be dealt. If someone so much as sneezes, they're out for two weeks. It is just hard and stressful. And so I've needed a lot of inspiration this year. You can go to the next. So I want to play you this video. This is a video of Truett Cathy, where he talks about how he came up with this corporate purpose. Nineteen eighty-two, that we went into our new corporate headquarters, which was approximately a ten million dollar investment there, one hundred percent financed. This is a, a year for the first time that Chick-fil-A was experiencing some decline in our sales. In addition to that, this is when 
interest on borrowed money was 23, 24% interest. This year also that uh, all of our competitors went in, practically all of our competitors went into the chicken breast sandwich, which caused a lot of pressure being placed on the chicken market for the breast of the chicken, causing, of course, prices to escalate. And so a group of 10 of us got off to a little mini retreat. We went on up north Atlanta to Pine Island to maybe share some thoughts together about what we needed to do to uh, correct the decline in the sales and some goals that we might set for our future. And so as we began that session there that morning, that someone got up to the blackboard, and the question came up, why are we here? And why are we in business? The only thing really positive that we accomplished was that we did establish a corporate purpose. And we came away all in one accord, the 10 people there, that we'd establish that our corporate purpose would, might be this that we might glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that is entrusted to our care, and that we might have a positive influence on all the people that come in contact with. So out of the biggest trial in the company's history, didn't come a strategy, didn't come a 12-month leadership program, but it came the corporate purpose. And for me, out of COVID, the silver lining is it's helped me rediscover my why and my purpose, why I do what I do. COVID could have been a completely different story for us from a sales perspective, but the biggest blessing is that it's helped me reconnect with why I got into Chick-fil-A in the first place. And it's for stuff like this. I got this text from a St. John student a couple weeks ago who works at airport. He said this, I want to thank everyone for checking up on me these past couple days, just seeing how things are going. Justin, I'm thankful for this opportunity I've been able to open up and make friends and talk to people about personal stuff. I'm just honored and blessed to be part of this family. I love that. As a leader, that's why we do what we do. You can go to the next one. Some of you probably know Alexa Perry. This is a girl we hired when she was a student in high school and then worked with us through college, and she graduated college. And this is her leaving Chick-fil-A because she's just getting her big girl job at ProMedica. And her last day at Chick-fil-A, she posted this. Today, I clocked out for the last time. Five years ago, I walked into Chick-fil-A to order lunch, and I was offered a job. This job changed my life. I found Jesus. I met my lifelong friends. I met the love of my life. I've been given more grace than I deserve, and I learned to love and lead like Jesus. Chick-fil-A will forever be my home. But now I'm stepping into a new place, an unknown place. I'm nervous, but the Lord did all of this. I can only imagine what he has planned next. I'll pick up a shift soon, but until then, I'll see you around, friends. Man, that is why we do what we do as leaders. I just got a text at 9.27 this morning while Stephen was talking from Alexa. She, you know, I was sharing this this morning, and she said, my mom just passed away. Ugh. But she's still very much part of our family. So it's been a ton of trial for a lot of us with covid don't miss the silver lining and learning to lead out of purpose. I'll, I'll finish with this. 
psalm here. This is Psalm 1. Hopefully some of you all know it. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. And all that he does, he is great. Because he meditates on God's word, he is great. And this word prospers, I think we so easily confuse it with success. But think about a tree. When a tree prospers, it bears fruit, right? And what's the fruit for? Is it for itself? No, it's for the sake of others. So greatness is living faithfully. Just look at truth, Kathy. Living faithfully, glorifying God, and bearing fruit that others can benefit from it. Thank you guys for having me here today. It's been awesome to be with you.